Welcome to Victory Church's online podcast library. We hope you enjoy this message today. You know, there was actually, there's actually a guy when I went to Bible, when I first got to Bible school, actually the Lord put him in my life the, the night I got saved. Some of you know him, his name was Rick Amato. And Rick, he used to, when, when I first came to the Lord, Rick used to drive me crazy. The reason he drove me crazy because he was perpetually happy. And every, every time I'd get around him, he'd be singing, he'd be worshiping, he'd be praying in tongues. And I thought, you know, I thought it was an act or something. You know, I had no idea. And I would actually, I'm sure none of you ever got, you come to church and people are happy and you get mad about it. Maybe some of you got mad just now when we did that, what, I, what we just did. Well, I'm telling you, the only way out of that is to start doing it for yourself. And I promise you. I promise you there is joy in worship because he comes. You start worshiping God no matter how deep a muck you're in. You start worshiping God and worship him and worship him. Then he comes on the scene. The first thing he does, he begins to change, he begins to give you an attitude adjustment. He begins to lift that garbage off you with that weight of heaviness begins to leave. And he gives you a garment of praise instead of that spirit of heaviness. And you begin to have a, a, a lightness and a joy. And then if you start to make that a, a habit, a practice in your life, uh, it, inevitably, everyone say inevitably, your circumstances will begin to line up. It won't be, you know, some, sometimes it's immediate. Most of the time it's not. Most of the time a gradual change will begin to happen in your life. Where the bad stuff will start giving way to good stuff. It took you a while to get in the mess you're in. You know, so he starts to sort it all out. You'll, you'll start pressing in. You start, the, the heaviness will lift. You'll start worshiping God. And you'll look back a few months and, and it's not so bad as it used to be. And a year won't be so bad. You'll look back five years and you think, that, who is that person back there? I can't even relate to those circumstances that I used to be so caught up in. Amen. I'm telling you, there's a way, there's a better way. There is a better way. I'm going to, I want to read to you today the story again. I'm Luke chapter two. We're going to read the Christmas story out of Luke's gospel, out of the New Living Translation. They're going to put it on the overhead for you. And I'm just going to share a few thoughts from it before we pray and give out toys for our guests today. At at that time, the Roman emperor, Augustus, decreed that a census should be taken throughout the Roman Empire. This was the first census taken when Quinarius was governor of Syria. All returned to their own ancestral towns to register for the census. And because Joseph was a descendant of King David and he had to go to Bethlehem in Judea, David's ancient home, he traveled there from the village of Nazareth in Galilee, and he took with him Mary to whom he was engaged, who was now expecting a child. And while they were there, the time for her to be... The time came for her to be born, for her baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in strips of cloth and laid him in a manger. And because there was no lodging available for them. Now, I want to, I want to just stop right there for just a second. You know, this child, Jesus of Nazareth, did not originate in Mary's womb. He's, he's the eternal son of God. He's always been. He was conceived in the womb of the Virgin Mary by the Holy Spirit. She brought forth her son, 
And you know, all the prophecies, the Old Testament prophecies, the Hebrew prophets had prophesied that a a savior would be born one day, a Messiah would be born one day. And they prophesied specifically the town that he would be born in. They said he would be born in this little town called Bethlehem. Bethlehem was the the city of David, and and he would be the, the descendant of David. Mary and Joseph were both descendants of King David. Jesus literally was the the rightful heir to the throne of King David. He was born of the Virgin Mary, conceived by the Holy Spirit in the womb of this teenage virgin from, from Israel. But, you know, he had to be born in Bethlehem. Caesar Augustus was not the reason he was born in Bethlehem. It wasn't because... Of the taxes, all that is, is it was God's vessel. He just pushed the buttons to make his plans fulfilled. You know, you might look at the circumstances in your life today. And the circumstances in your life, you are where you are today, not by accident. You were born from the parents the father wanted you to be born from. He's pushed the right buttons, genetic buttons from thousands of years that get you here, right here, right now. As a matter of fact, in this service today, you're not here today because your aunt brought you, your mama brought you, your husband drug you here. You're here today because God brought you here for a purpose, just like he brought Mary and Joseph That particular day, God was planning to do something. And let me tell you, if you'll listen to me, if you'll listen to me right now, God is planning to do something in your life. He wants to do something this morning in your life. What does it take just to open your heart? That's all it takes. You don't have to do anything else. Just open your heart. Take away the walls and let Christ come and and begin to realize that you're not here by accident. You're not here for any other reason except Christ is here and he loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you. He loves you deeply. He loves each one of us. Now, this story goes on. That night, there were shepherds staying in the fields, guarding their flocks of sheep suddenly. An angel of the Lord surrounded them. Wow. They were terrified. But the angel reassured them, don't be afraid. He said, I bring you good news that will bring great joy to all people. The Savior, yes, the Messiah, the Lord, has been born today in Bethlehem, in the city of David. And you'll recognize him by this sign. You'll find a babe wrapped snugly in strips of cloth, lying in a manger. The armies of heaven... and. Suddenly the angel was joined by a vast host of others, the armies of heaven, giving praise, giving and praising God and saying glory to God in the highest and on earth. Those whom with God is pleased when the angels returned to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's see this thing that's happened, which the Lord has told us about. I love that story. But one of the things that that I love about that story is, you know, this was just another normal day for these shepherds, probably 10 or 12 shepherds watching the temple sheep, sheep being prepared to be lambs of slaughter in nearby Jerusalem. They had sacrificial lambs, and these happened to be those particular shepherds. 
Another ordinary night, they've done this all their life. Their dad had done it and their granddad had done it. These guys had been doing this since they were children. And this was no different from any other night until, until suddenly the atmosphere changed. It wasn't what they saw so much, but what they felt. Yeah, they saw stuff and they heard stuff. But the atmosphere distinctly changed when the glory of God moved on the scene. Unmistakable. You know what? You know, people talk about the the Christmas spirit. Actually, the Christmas spirit is the Holy Spirit. You know, and, and I have a theory. I have lots of theories, but I have a theory about about Christmas and about children. You know, when, when I was a child, and probably many of you can, can identify with this, with this story, there was something very, I hate to use the word magical, but that gets across the point. It was almost like a, a magical night, Christmas Eve. It was something, there was something in the air. Oh yeah, we got toys and all that stuff, but there was something beyond that, that it was real. There was something real to me in the atmosphere on Christmas Eve. Does anyone remember that as a child? It was in the air and and the world has tried to hang another picture on it. Oh, Santa Claus is coming to town. Run, run, Rudolph and all that. Like the song we were singing. You know, oh, it's not about Santa Claus and not about Rudolph and and not about elves or, or reindeer or about presents and about toys. Even all that stuff is fun. But there's something different about that day, and children are in touch with that. Now, I I know my story. My story changed when I got a little bit older, and I got more sophisticated, and, and pride began to settle into my life. I became too cool for all of those things as a teenager and as a young person. I lost the sense and mystery of Christmas. I lost it. It wasn't real anymore. I was too cool for it. But then, one wonderful night, I got caught by surprise. It was August of 1973. Jesus came into my life, and I was born again in New Orleans, Louisiana. I was baptized on a Friday night in Lake Pontchartrain. And that mystery began to enter my life again, beginning on those next few Christmases. Again, the the mystery came back. I began to realize what that was that I felt as a child. Now, those first few years... After I was born again, I'd say those first three years, I didn't have anything. I had no money. I was going to Bible school. Everything I I had was going to pay for for rent, for tuition, to pay for my 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 expenses, my wife and my my firstborn son. We were we were barely scraping by. There was nothing left for Christmas. Anyone know what I'm talking about? There was nothing there. But it didn't matter in those days to me. It It made no difference at all. And I'll never forget this. You know, I, my wife tells me I tell the same stories too much. And I get corny, but it's Christmas so I can be corny, okay? But it was our third Christmas. And we were planning, for those that don't know me or know about my story, I was planting trees for seven months, raising money for our Bible school. Not just planting trees. We were living in the mountains in Oregon and Washington. We were living in the mountains in a tent for seven months. 
We were living in the mountains in a tent for seven months with my wife and son in the winter in the mountains in, in Coos Bay, Oregon, and then Washington. We were planting trees, and, and Christmas came. It was that third Christmas, and, and the team did not want to tear the camp down. It was too much time and money to involve to tear it down and put it back up again. So they asked if Paris and I would stay with the camp over Christmas as they went back for the Christmas holidays. And we volunteered to stay in the mountains. You know, it's really quiet up in the mountains, way up those dirt roads, hours away from the nearest town, up in the mountains in Coos Bay, Oregon, where there's only trees and elk and coyotes and, and other stuff and snow. It gets really quiet. It was a really unusual Christmas. We didn't have anything. No money for presents, but that mystery was there. Oh, yeah, the mystery was there, the glory of God. It was, to me, I, I can reflect on what those shepherds must have felt that night. They were there. It was a normal night until suddenly the whole area was lit up with the glory of God. God was there in their midst. And that's how I felt in that camp that, that week that we were there by ourselves in the mountains, getting ready for the team to come back. And I was, I remember chopping wood for our wood fireplace and our wood stove and our tents. I was chopping wood. There was snow everywhere. And I felt the presence of the Lord. Now that's a Merry Christmas. You know, it doesn't matter what's in your house or what's not in your house. Oh, it's okay to have nice stuff. I like nice stuff. I have lots of nice stuff. But that doesn't make my Christmas special. My Christmas is special because the glory of God has come. And He's filling my life. He fills my life again and again every day. He's washed away the sadness. He's washed away the pride and the hypocrisy. And he's filled my life with his goodness. He wants to wash away your pain. He wants to wash away your heartbreak. He wants to come and fill your life with his closeness. Now, the shepherds, after they heard this story, what were they supposed to do? They sat there and amazed at these angelic visitation. And then, and then as soon as they shut up, they were gone again. They went back up into heaven. And the shepherds were there looking at one another. And they said, you know what they said? Let's go see if what these shepherds said was true. Let's go find out for ourselves if this is real. So they took off running. It wasn't maybe a half a mile or less to, to where the stable was. And they got there. They got, they, they got there to that stable, to the farm animals, to the animals feeding trough. And just like the angels had said, there was a baby with Mary and Joseph in that animal feeding trough. And they fell down and worshipped. It became true. It wasn't just real to the angels. Now it was real to them. Has it become real to you? Has it become real in your heart and in your life? I want to finish with this last two verses out of this story. And it's a um, devotion that I wrote. It's called Happy Angels and Happy Preachers from Luke 2, 10 and 11. The angel said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Everyone say great joy. great joy. Say it again. Great joy. Now, how do you act when you get news of great joy? Great joy. 
great joy for the natural man. It would be like you just you just won the million dollar lottery. Great joy. You just inherited a, a brand new house. Great joy. The Saints just won the Super Bowl. Great joy. Now, it's funny. That proves my points. They get more excited about that than money. And that's good. But I'm telling you, there's something sweeter and more real than the Saints winning the Super Bowl, even though we all look forward to that day, right? I'm telling you, it's real. Joy is real. So they said... The angel said, fear not, for we bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. These angels, they couldn't contain the joy. They'd been with Jesus since the day they were created by him. All they knew was this Lord in heaven. And now, suddenly he took on a human body, a baby, an infant, and he was born on earth. They couldn't, they had to go see what this was about. You've heard this, you've heard what Jesus said. He said, when one sinner repents, what do the angels do? It says, all of heaven, all the angels in heaven rejoice. When one... So what this was, this act of Christ becoming a man, becoming a baby, becoming the Savior of the world, was the, was the reason they were rejoicing because salvation was now becoming available for all mankind. They could not contain... They had no choice. Heaven was overflowing with joy and it broke into this realm. Joy. Fear not, for I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. This angel could be considered the first messenger to preach the gospel. The word gospel means to preach good news of great joy. The scene in Luke describes jubilant angels overflowing with joy. Didn't Jesus himself say that all the angels break out in joy when one sinner repents? What else could the angels do when they realize the one who created them, the one who had worshipped since the, the one they had worshipped since the day they were created had become a human baby? Not just a human, but he had become the promised savior of the world. It was impossible for them to restrain themselves. They exploded on the scene near Bethlehem with shouts and singing of joy. What was their purpose to pronounce good news of great joy for all who would believe on him? Now, I'm going to skip to the bottom. There's a quote that you'll want to read once if you get this blog um, from by Martin Luther. But I'm going to finish the last couple of sentences. I love what Luther says about the angel's message. He said it was good news of great joy and that anyone who preaches rightly also preaches a gospel of pure joy. That's Martin Luther. He said anyone that preaches the gospel rightly preaches a gospel of pure joy. Why is it so joyful? Because he's our savior. We were once slaves of sin. Slaves of bad decisions and addictive behavior. I was a slave as a young man of bad decisions, the consequences of bad choices that I had made that was ruining my life. Some of you today, you're here, you're hurting on the inside. 
And you want to find somebody to blame. But if you were honest with yourself, it's the result of bad choices that you have made. Oh, I'm not, don't get me wrong. Maybe you were wounded. Maybe you were betrayed. Maybe someone did some horrible thing to you. But then you made bad choices on top of that. Right? Yeah, bad choices. You say, I, 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 have, I have a good reason to feel sorry for myself. I'm going to go get drunk. I'm going to go get drunk again. I'm going to go get drunk again. I'm going to get drunk. I don't care if I lose my job. I don't care if I wreck my car. I'm going to get drunk again. I'm going to take these pills. I'll show them. The next thing you know, you're down in the dumper. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You were abused. You were treated badly. But now addictive, bad decisions, addictive behavior. And this is this message from Jesus today is good news of great joy. That that series of events in your life can stop and it can stop suddenly. It can stop today. It can stop right now. The consequences of bad choices can be over right now, today. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy. This God became a human being. He took on a human body. He was a real baby. He grew up to be a real man. He died a real death. He shed real blood. And that blood that poured from Calvary did two things. It washed washed my, my sins away like I'd never sinned before. But it broke it broke that chains of addiction that were holding me captive. So I don't have to do it anymore. I don't have to live that way anymore. Free. Good news of great joy. Free. Free from the past. Free from the pain. Free from the sin. Free from being angry. Free from being depressed. Free from being alone. Free from hurting. Free from blaming. Free. Free to love. Free to... Be happy again. Free to be productive again. Free to love my children. Free to be a good mom. Be a good dad. To be a good grandpa. To be a good son or daughter. Or to be a good employer. Or be a good employee. I don't have to be the Grinch or Scrooge. Amen. Good news of great joy. Good news of great joy today in the city of David for you. Oh, today in the city of David for you, a Savior has been born, Christ the Lord. Hallelujah. Visit our website at www.victorychurchnola.com for service times and more information. 